Savior of their life. That's who he's singing about this morning. Those who have come by way of the cross and have found the grace and mercies of God to be true in their life. Amen. This is what the Lord is talking about. This is who he's talking about today. Thank God for those that have been bought by the blood. We're winners no matter what happens in this life or the life to come. Amen. And I'm grateful for that today. And I pray that if you haven't made your peace call election sure before God this morning, that today you would make that decision in your life. Uh, it's, it's great that God knows just what he's doing. God knows exactly what we need. And in that song today leads right into the very message that God had placed within my heart today. And I just want to take some time for a few moments to share with you on this thought. Faith to believe and courage to come. Faith to believe and courage to come. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 15. In Luke chapter 15, we're going to be dealing uh, with the last portion of this chapter, but I want to read the first two verses today and let the Lord speak to our hearts concerning his word for us in our lives today. Luke 15, verse 1 through 2. When you have it out there, I can't hear you, so I'm just going to assume I'm hearing an amen and we're going to press on. Luke 15, 1 and 2. And it reads as follows. Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him. And speaking of the Lord. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Revelation chapter three, verse 20. <clears throat> the Bible said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. On this thought this morning, I want to speak for a few moments concerning faith to believe and courage to come. Today, there's four things within this message that I want us to gather and glean that the Lord has spoken to my heart that's very important in every life. And that's these four things. Rejection, consequence, truth, and courage. Rejection, consequence, truth, and courage. As we open up in Luke chapter 15, we see that sinners are drawing near to the Lord. And we also find that Pharisees and scribes are complaining that they are going to Jesus Christ. Well, in this message, I want you to understand that the greatest hope we have is in Jesus Christ. The greatest hope we have in life is through him. Our restoration to God takes place through the Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we ask you that you would speak to our lives today, that you would touch my heart. Lord, hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Let me preach under the anointing, God, that you place upon me. Father, unlimited, Lord, that your word will speak to the heart of those that are watching. And God, that we would draw from this word, whether we're saved or whether we're lost, we will draw from this word today that which we need, Lord, in our lives. God, that will change us and transform us. Lord, that will renew us and refresh us, save us. Lord, and give us, God, the blessings that you have desired for us through your word today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Faith to believe and courage to come. As I thought about oftentimes in this very particular title alone, the many times that I've thought about my personal experience in salvation. I'll never forget the time that I was standing there in the pew and I was gripping with everything within me, with all my might to hold on, knowing that Jesus saves but yet not having the courage to step out and to come to the Lord. Uh, you didn't have to be in a church holding on to a pew. Many today are gripping the world with everything they have. Uh, knowing they need Jesus, knowing they need to come to that saving knowledge uh, of Christ, knowing that he's the only hope. Uh, yet many today are gripping the world. As I was gripping that pew that day, uh, 
And I did it for several Sundays. I would remember the pastor would give an invitation after he'd share the word of God. And I remember holding on to that pew Sunday after Sunday, knowing that I needed to step out. What held me back from stepping out was I I lacked the the courage it took uh, to step out uh, irregardless of what people thought, amen? I lacked the courage to step out irregardless of what my friends would think or my family would think and and things of that nature. I I struggled within my mind as I I sat there gripping on to the very pew. Amen, realizing today that we're living in a world where many may not be going to church, but they're, 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 they're in need of a savior. They may not understand that right now. They're gripping with all their might, holding on to the world, knowing they need Jesus and knowing they need a help and a hope in their life because their life in this current state is in hopelessness. I'm so thankful today as I begin to read that word I understand that the Bible said that sinners drew near to Jesus. Can I tell you today that it's sad that we've gotten to a place in society today and even in the church where if we're not careful, amen, to God, the sinners will draw near to God before the saints will anymore, amen. We're living in a generation today where what used to be a church, I just got to obey the Holy Ghost, a church that would embrace the sinner man and, and lead them to the cross has become pharmaceutical and sadduceutical in nature so often and so many times we've become more judgmental than we have pointing the, the, the sinner to the, the way, the truth and the life and the hope in their life. Amen. Oh, I'm telling you today, sinners know what it's like to be condemned. They know what it's like to be judged. Amen. And in this generation today, we're dealing with a, with a, a, a great challenge as Christians today to be able to reflect the Lord Jesus Christ to the man who needs him and not to be pharmaceutical in our attitudes and pharmaceutical in our mission. I want you to know today that there ain't nobody can help the sinner but Jesus. And there's no use to try to plug them into anything else but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Point them to the cross, amen, instead of trying to plug them in to the, to the Sunday school hours and, and all the music programs and all these things and make them connect to the church. They first gotta connect to the one who's able to save them and deliver them from the life of destruction and hopelessness and his name is Jesus today and many are gripping the pews, they're gripping the world because of the judgments of society and the judgment of the church many times. Oftentimes, amen, they don't feel the love they ought to feel anymore coming from the place where people who have been redeemed should, I come to preach this morning, I feel the Holy Ghost. They need to be able to sense the very love of God flowing through the Christians today to understand Understand that they can take courage and come to the fountain that is able to change their life today. My goodness, they need to come to the fountain and we don't need to stand in the way. Amen, as the scribes and Pharisees complained. Oh, here come the sinners. Oh, they're coming to Jesus. And further, what's worse than that is Jesus is receiving them. Oh, he, he ought not to be eating with the sinners like that. He, he ought not to be taking time with them like that. And, and they just begin to complain. And, and, and in that complaining, I believe it, it, it probably pointed out the fault of the sinner. But Jesus didn't care because he came to save that which was lost. Amen. Oh, he came to save that which was broken. He came to save that which was in need. Amen. Of a cleansing from the life of sin through his blood today. Revelation, the Bible speaks and says, Behold, he stands at the door and knock. And if any man will come and will open up that door, come on, let me say that again. Any man, 
not if you go to the door and open it up he said I'll come in and I'll sup with him and he with me behold Jesus stands at the door and knocks we'll get there in a minute I want to share some other things concerning that but today we're dealing with four things that are very important rejection consequence truth and courage in the life that we live now we're surrounded by noise 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 of the enemy. Noise that comes from family. Problems at home. Amen. Disrupted lives, disrupted homes. Things that sound so loud in the very soul of man. I want to tell you, amen to God that you can hear, your soul can hear the noise in your life that's going on around you. It's hard today to focus on things and to hear clearly things that are important in our life when we are so surrounded by the noise of brokenness and problems, the noise of friendships, amen, that try to, to, to attach themselves to us in such a way that, that they will lead us away from what's even important anymore. I want to tell you that the school can't even tell you what's important anymore because they took the Bible out and they took prayer out and they won't tell you that a life through Jesus Christ is what's most important before anything else comes in your life. But I'm telling you, the church has got that message today to know that your life is nothing without Christ. Friendships, and responsibilities and occupations and political efforts, tragedies, all these things are noise in our life that if we're not careful will be louder than the most important voice and the most important sound that our soul needs to hear. Then finally we have the noise of temptation which the enemy is doing all that he can to tempt us and to tempt those that are lost, to keep them from coming to the cross, doing everything within his power because he knows where the power of our hope is at. So he'll fight with all his might to keep people like me who one day gripped the pew from taking courage to come to God. He'll do everything within his might to let the world be louder than the, the voice of the Lord and the, the message of the cross to keep them from coming to the place where the blood of Jesus Christ can set them free. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost. The enemy are doing everything he can to keep us, amen, and to keep the lost from coming to Christ and trusting in him by creating a noise to try to distract from what's most important. I come to preach today just for a moment let me share with you something that years ago got my attention. Years ago, I went hunting. I don't hunt hardly, and I hadn't hunted much since I got out of high school, but years ago, that's what we did when we were younger. We enjoyed it. We had a, had a, a, a deer stand out in the back. We used to call it the back 40, but we didn't have 40 acres. <laughs> Not on that side of the road anyway. We called it the back 40. We go out there and take out, we take turns. One day I might go and then another day somebody else might go. My brother might go or, or daddy might go. But we take turns and one day I decided I was going to go. And so I went and I got down there and I began to climb up that tree stand. It was right near a pond. If you could picture it with me in your mind, a little old shallow pond and, and, and it had uh, cedar tree or cypress trees growing up in that pond in different places and every now and then the pond would be dried up but, but most of the time it stayed full of a little bit of water and the deer would come through there and they'd find that little field where daddy used to plant and, and then they would make their way there and they'd chew up all daddy's corn sometimes and all that you know but y'all go with me and I climbed up in that tree stand and my motive and my intention was to 
bring home not the bacon, but the venison. That was my mission. But when I got up in that tree stand, I began to look out and, and all of a sudden I, I started listening to the birds. And boy, they were flying in and they were chirping and they were making all kind of noise and the next thing you know, I'd look out and, and I'd see squirrels. They were feeding and they'd go jumping in the tree and they'd jump from this tree to that tree. And before you knew it, I was watching birds, listening to birds, watching squirrels. A raccoon came walking through in, in one place and, and I saw him and I just had my attention on everything else, the way the wind was blowing, the way the leaves were blowing. I, I was just looking at everything. And, and after a little while, I don't know how long I was there, probably an hour or so, a couple hours, I, I got tired of sitting up there. I said, well, you know, I didn't see anything. So I think I'm just going to climb down. And when I began to climb down, all of a sudden I seen something. I looked up and there he was and be stuck on the ladder. And he turned and he jumped and he went the other way. Well, he was there all the time. Come on, somebody. But I missed him because I was looking at the birds and I was looking at the squirrels and I was watching the leaf and that's what the devil's trying to do. Jesus is there and he's reaching out to the lost and he's reaching out to the hurting and he's reaching out to the broken but the world is like the birds and the leaves and the squirrels and the enemy's going to stir them up so that while you're there you don't see Jesus but I come to tell somebody today that Jesus is there and you can access him if you turn off the things that are crowding your mind and listen and listen for him today. He's there. He's there. Jesus is knocking on our heart's door. Well, preacher, you'd say, how's he knocking today? He's knocking on church signs. Every time you ride by one, he's knocking on your heart's door. He's knocking on your heart's door through a message. He's knocking on your heart's door through a song. He's knocking on your heart's door through a testimony. He's knocking on your heart's door through the church. He's knocking on your heart's door through the kindness of a Christian out in the highways and byways of life who've come to show kindness and love to you. Jesus is knocking, but the world is doing everything it can to elevate the noise above what God wants you to hear. All you can hear is the elements of life. The elements in this life. But I, I just want to submit to you that the one who's knocking is inviting you to open the door that leads to eternal life. John chapter 10, verse 9, Jesus said, I'm the door. I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will, not might. You know what I like, I like about that? It doesn't say he might. It says he will be saved. Thank God today that when I knelt before him in prayer, that there was not a might, that my heart knelt in surrender and repentance unto him. And in that prayer, I accepted Christ as my savior and the door he man opened up and I came through the door and I came in as a child of God. And I'm telling somebody today, there wasn't a might, there wasn't a maybe, there wasn't a I hope if, amen, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was born again because I knelt before the God of all creation and surrendered my life to his son and came to the door. I came through the door. And I want to tell you the door to heaven is not music ministry. It's not pulpit ministry. It's not Sunday school ministry. 
It's not men's ministry, women's ministry, youth ministry. This ain't the door. The door is Jesus. I know we got a few folk here. Y'all want to shout, shout, because I'm feeling it. We'll be back in here next Sunday. The door is Jesus. And he said, if any man come through this door, he said he will be saved and he will go in and out and find pasture. In other words, he'll find his needs met through the door, Jesus Christ. Your needs will never be met connecting to that. Let me say it again. Your need is never gonna be met connecting to a narrative, only connecting to the truth. The devil would have you believe a narrative that going to church will save you, that working for the Lord will save you, that being part of a ministry will save you. But the only way you'll ever be saved is to go through the door. First Kings chapter 19, verse 11 through 12, the Bible speaks of Elijah, the prophet. And there he was discouraged. He was going through a hard time in his life. He was going through a struggle. God came and spoke to him in 1 Kings chapter 19. He said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord and behold, the Lord passed by. Woo, how many just thank God when he passes by? And a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks. Now you imagine as God's passing by, that great wind comes by and it just begins to break the mountains and, and the evidence of God's presence is there. And so he's looking He's looking to hear from God. He's looking to hear what the Lord has to say. And as he's looking, he's looking in the rocks being broken and the wind blowing. And he's looking at all these things. <clears throat> but nothing's happening. He's not hearing God's voice. And, and a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And the Lord was not in the quake. Woo! <laughs> Come on, somebody. But he was in, not even in the fire, but after the fire, there was a still small voice that spoke to the, to the heart of Elijah, the voice of God. And he began to ask Elijah what he was doing. Amen, I want to tell you today that many today are, are not looking in the right places for their help and their hope. They're looking for it in the noise of this world. Come on now. Some people think that their hope lies in having a family. No, it don't. Thank God for family, but your hope don't lie in you getting married and having kids. I used to think it did. Amen. My wife said, careful, brother. I used to think, man, that's what life a boy, I just need me a, a family, some kids, and a good job. Oh boy, I, I, I'll be okay. No, it wasn't that. My hope did not rest in having a family. It didn't rest in having a good job. My hope rested in Jesus. Well, I gotta say that again because there's the noise that the enemy is sending out there to our younger generation today that says that, that, that you don't need, amen, to, 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 to have God or have the church or, or to accept Christ as Savior or be a part of these things. You just need to have somebody who loves you, cares about you, and will stand by your side. Come on, honey. Come on. I just need somebody. I just need somebody that'll stand by my side, that'll love me, that'll take care of me. That's all I need. And the younger generation today, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for somebody who'll love them. 
and care for them. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I thank God for my wife. But I want to tell you my hope don't lie in her and her hope don't lie in me. Our hope lies in Jesus today. My hope don't lie in my children. My hope lies in Jesus. My hope don't lie in my position. My hope lies in Jesus. It, it, it's not because I'm a pastor that I'm going to heaven. It's because I know Jesus. It's, I don't know why, but she's got to go on here just for a minute. Why? Because faith to believe and courage to come has been the narrative, has been the truth of the challenge because of all the noise in the world today. I want to tell young people and even middle-aged people today, everybody, that the answer has always been Jesus. And it'll never change. No matter what happens in this, in this generation, in this world we're living in, it'll always be Jesus. That'll never change. He'll always be the answer. The cross will always be the hope. His death, burial, and resurrection will always be the victory. And because he lives, we who have accepted him will live eternally. Well, in the midst of all this, let me share the prodigal son for a minute. Because we're going to find the rejection, the consequence, the truth, and the courage all wrapped up in this one story with a man who thought he knew better than God. Has anybody ever met somebody like that? And maybe you met him in the mirror. Maybe one day you woke up, looked in the mirror, went to comb your hair and you realized, my goodness, I need you, God, because this old boy here, or this woman, I, I, I don't have the knowledge, Lord, to live this life and to overcome in this life. I don't have the power. I don't have the resources. I need you. But one day in Luke chapter 15, verse 13, the Bible said a man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. The word said that not many days after the son Younger son gathered together all, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. The noise of temptation as he's living there day after day. I'm just imagining in my mind how well he's living, how good he's got it, how blessed he is. Oh, he was a blessed man. Both him and his brother was living under the great care of his father. But one day the noise in his ears from the world got louder than the message of where he was living. And the Bible said he began to talk to his father and he said, Father, would you give me the inheritance that you have prepared for me? I, I, I would like to have it now. And the father said, yes, I will, I believe reluctantly, but yet uh, because he was giving his son an opportunity to make the decision in his life, allowed him to have his inheritance. But after he received it, I believe that the noise got even louder. Woo! It's kind of like when you buy your baby a car. Oh, the first thing they're thinking about is, boy, I can't wait to drive it. Then the next thing, after they get the car, they can't wait to find out where they can drive it to. And maybe the things that they can do and the things that will just begin to, to domino effect and roll through your mind, the noise and the things like that. Remember, I remember because I was once there. I couldn't wait to get one. Then after I got one, the noise got even louder. And I probably went some places I shouldn't have went. Don't judge me. Truth of the matter is, Sometimes in our giving, the enemy continues 
to work in such a negative way that the things, if we're not careful, that God blesses us with can become the very things that destroy us. He was in a good place. He had everything in the care of the Father. But he wanted his inheritance. Now he's got it. Now what's he going to do? Well, he decides, I'm going to leave and go into another country. You know what? I, I think I know what to do with my life. I think I know how to live my life. I believe I don't need the guidance of the Father anymore. I believe I can do this on my own. He rejected his place with the Father and he took out on a journey because the noise was louder than the message of where he was living. How many have walked away because the noise of the enemy got to you? How many have left church because the noise of the enemy got to you? How many never went to church even though somebody invited you and you almost went, but the noise of the world became louder than a message? God help us. How many walked away because of the noise of the enemy got to you when you know that you belong with the Father? He rejected his place. He left and he went into a far country, but he did not hear the truth. He belonged with the Father. I want to tell you that God, our Father, wants all humanity that will come to him to come to him because we belong with the Father. We don't belong caught up in the tragedies of this world and in the realm of the enemy. We don't belong in a far country somewhere apart from God. We belong with the Father today. Amen. We belong with him. Isaiah chapter 53 verse three said he is despised and rejected of men, a man of many sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Many have rejected him today. Turned away, walked away from him. Never came to him because the devil lied to you and told you that you don't need him. The world and the noise therein has tried to paint a picture of God that is not God at all. It's tried to paint a picture of Christ that is not Christ at all. Hollywood has tried to, and even now from what I understand, trying to create a female Christ and think that it's okay. And it's not the message of Christ at all. Some folk are calling on Jesus but they're calling on the Jesus of Hollywood. They're not calling on the Jesus of the Bible. They're believing in God, but they're not believing in the God of the Bible. They're believing in the God of the world who has masqueraded himself is the answer for their life. You don't need God. Jesus can't help you. You don't need church. You can manage this life without, just, just go on and, and walk away. You got this. No, you don't. I need him. Oh, I need him every hour. I need him. I need him everywhere I go. I need him in my home, on my job. I need him. I need him in my life. I can't do this without him. And you can't either. You need him. He is our hope. Praise the Lord. Rejection was a result of the devil's lies that he was speaking into this young son's heart. But then rejection has consequences. The Bible speaks in Luke chapter 15, verse 14 through 16, and said he had spent all that he had, and then severe famine fell in the land. Severe famine, severe famine. In other words, it's getting ugly. I want to tell you right now that what we're going through as a nation America thought they had it all together and we were just living in the land of the free and the home of the brave and the land of promise and, 
and, and, and just get out there and just enjoy life and living it up. And some of these countries we've never been to that if you don't listen and you don't hear about that, they've been facing things in, in, in their lives in third world countries. They never had what we had. They weren't, they weren't living in luxuries we were living in. And now, because we're dealing with some things Oh, that have shaken up this nation and shaken up the world with COVID and, and things that we've had to transition to and things that we've become uncertain about. And, and it's not the, the, the land we thought we'd ever live in. It's not the place we thought we'd ever be. And, and we've got all these, these negatives that are coming against what's right and becoming against the righteousness of God and, and everything that America stands for is being challenged by, by, by a narrative and an evil spirit that would love nothing more than to catapult us into a socialist country and here we are in a famine of the word of God. Amen. The Bible said there'd come a famine of God's word and there's been a famine. You say, well, preacher, they've been preaching, uh, preaching in all our generation. Yes, uh, yes, I realize that. Uh, but the famine hadn't been in the church. The famine's come when they took prayer out of school, when they quit reading the Bible in school, when they wouldn't let you have it in some workplaces and when they wouldn't let you pray in some workplaces and when they stripped it out of, of every other place but yet they would allow sin and evil and narratives and, 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 and social elites to come in and stand on every narrative they had and every, every thought agenda they had and, and try to project it as higher than God's word. No, the word has become famine and so many places. I want to go ahead and tell you, amen, that even today young people are going home to mamas and daddies that have pushed the word of God aside and traded it for Hollywood's entertainment. Hallelujah. And children don't even know who Jesus is. Many of them don't. Many of them today go to school and they're fighting demonic oppression because they were never introduced to the God of hope and the Lord of victory. When the greatest gift you never give your child is the gift of knowing who Jesus is. It's a gift of dragging them to church and taking them to Sunday school and, and teaching them about Jesus and, and living that life yourself and putting that beer in the trash can and throwing that liquor bottle out. Come on, somebody. It's the best thing you could ever do in your life is raise up your family and your children to know who Jesus is. If you don't, they're not gonna have faith to believe and surely not going to have courage to come. They're going to be caught up in the whirlwind of the God of this world. Preacher, no, 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 no. You've got to understand, we, we've been educated beyond that now. And, and, and see, you know, all those supernatural things you speak about in the Bible, well, they don't really happen that way. Oh, Satan, get behind me. Yes, they do. Didn't you hear, hey man, that God passed by Elijah and he spoke to him generation later, amen, he spoke through Jesus Christ and moved through him and Jesus said, if you see me and receive me, you see the Father and you receive the Father because I have been sent of the Father and I do nothing but what the Father tells me to do and the Father said for me to die on the cross and to give my life and so the Father's love is exemplified through me, come on somebody. I want to tell I want to tell you this today that yes, it is true. We may not walk on water, but that ain't the only miracle that God can do. We may not be able to do or to see certain things, but God is a God of miraculous and supernatural today. And our children are suffering for it. You know that people laugh. Probably sitting home now laughing. That preacher's crazy. 
He's some uneducated craziness. He don't know what he's talking about. Oh, yes, I do. And I don't know it just by reading it alone. I know it because I've experienced what he can do. Amen. I know what he can do because I've seen it for myself. I know what he can do because he's done so much in me. I see the brokenness. I see the hurt. And everybody wants to give their children everything, but if you're not giving them Jesus, you're giving them nothing. You're giving them nothing. Rejection has consequences. I got to hurry. When they'd spent all, severe famine came in the land. And he began to be in want. And then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. You know, if you don't raise your family up and you don't get a hold of Jesus and you don't take courage to come to him and lead your children to him, this is what's going to happen. They're going to try to join themselves up with other unbelievers. That's what's going to happen. See, I remember a day when I got in trouble. If I was living in, 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 in some season in my life and I, I knew I needed help, I knew not to run to an unbeliever. Find me a, that praying sister down there at the church. Take me to the pastor. Take me to daddy. Take me to somebody who knows how to get a prayer through, Brother Tim. Take me to somebody who knows how to get a hold of Jesus. He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. That's what unbelievers would do. They'll send you to the pig pen. Jesus is trying to take us to the palace. <laughs> but the enemy wants to lead you to the pig pens of life. He would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. Listen, we're no match for the enemy apart from God. We can't, we can't do it. Rejection of Christ has consequences. If you push him away long enough, you're going to see those consequences. Sometimes it comes in generational problems. People that come today say, well, I, I was born this way. No, you wasn't. It's a generational problem. Curse. Sin. Needs to be broken. Well, you just don't understand this is, this is just the way I feel. It don't matter how you feel. It only matters what God says. If God says it's wrong, it's wrong, no matter what it is. And that should take us to a place of repentance and the cross. If we keep rejecting it, it has consequences. Sin ultimately leads to eternal damnation and death. And it's the truth today that many don't want to embrace because the noise of the world is louder than that truth that the devil would not have you hear. Truth is seen more often, listen, number three, truth is seen often when the sounds don't matter anymore. When you've had enough of the noise of the world and you finally begin to shut those things out, all of a sudden you begin to, to hear and see the truth. Bible said after he found himself there in the pig pen, he looked up and he began to come to his senses. He began to think about some truth. See, I, I challenge you today to think about the truth, to begin to search the truth. He came to his senses and said, how many of my father's hired servants have plenty of food, but here I am starving to death. How many today 
or living in a place that the devil has ran you into a train wreck and right now the noise of the world has been keeping you from taking courage but you've heard something this morning that has pushed away the noise of the world and you begin to tune in and realize something in your life and that is this, that you belong with the Father. You have come to a place to where you realize that there is hope. Who's in the pig pen? You don't belong in the pig pen. Get up! You don't belong in a life of sin. Get up! You don't belong shacked up, hey man, with a man or a woman. If they didn't put a ring on it, get up, pack up, get out. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you today, preacher, you're being judgmental. No, I'm not. Amen, I'm telling you, if the devil has led you into a train wreck in your life, you don't belong there. Look up, hear the truth, and come out of it right now in Jesus' name by his word and by his truth today. Come out in your life. He came to his senses. Now his life had left him in a position that the noise didn't matter anymore. It didn't matter because he didn't have no more money. His money doesn't run out. It didn't matter because he didn't have a nice big steak to sit down and put in front of him to eat. Whoo, I think I said the wrong word. Steak. It didn't matter because everything that he had left home to chase after ended up nothing. It ended up putting him in a place that the father would never have him be. Thank God today for his love. Truth is seen in this. He begins to realize the truth, and I'm hurrying, but now he begins to hear clearly in his mind the truth that is important to his future and well-being. Truth leads to repentance. You believe that? Truth leads to repentance. Romans 2 verse 4 said, Do you despise the richness of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads to repentance? This is truth. This truth leads to repentance. God's truth leads to right direction. David said in Psalm 25 and 10, All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. All the paths are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. It reveals where you are. By transgression, an evil man is snared, but the righteous sing and rejoice. Woo! Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. I'm a winner either way. If I go, if I stay. Hallelujah, brother, you got me stirred up on that one. Why? Because it reveals where you are. Truth reveals where you belong. David said in Psalm 40, 11, don't withhold your tender mercies from me, O God. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. If we hold on to that, then it don't matter how the devil, how loud the devil gets, we'll be tuned in. So what does that mean? When I was sitting up in that tree stand that day, them birds were still going to come. Them squirrels were still going to bark, make noise. The wind was still going to blow. And that deer was still going to sneak up there. What does that mean? Keep focus on the word of God. The wind's still going to blow. The devil's still going to try to get the noise up. But stay tuned in where you can hear, where God can guide you, where God can, can, can have access to your heart and your mind through your attention and attentive to him through prayer and through your service and faithfulness unto him. And lastly, first we've seen the very things that are important in this story is rejection, consequence, truth, and finally this, faith to believe and courage to come. 
faith to believe and courage to come. Anna Grace, if you'll come to the piano, please. Coming to the Father is not about salvation alone. It's about relationship. It's not just about getting a free ticket out of hell. It's about having access by faith. You know, the goodness of God reaches far beyond salvation. It reaches far beyond just His grace to keep us out of hell. But to be able to come on Tuesday night, brother, buddy, and pray to a God who's already saved you, but you're praying to Him because He has access and ability. You have access to His ability to intervene in situations that are bigger than you. Amen. So not only can He save, He can preserve he can take care of us. He can heal us. He can deliver us. He can give us peace when our world is falling apart. He can give us comfort when, when things are broken, when we want to give up, when the devil's whispering in your ear, just go ahead and take your life. It's not worth living anymore. Oh, but when you have access to the Father, the Holy Spirit of God whisper in your heart and in your ear, just keep on pressing on. There's not much longer now. Just hold on. Be faithful to the end. Don't you give up. When the enemy whispers in your ear that you don't need God, you don't need Jesus, but you have access to him. Oh, dear God, you've been saved. You know what he can do. And that's where we're at right now. In Luke chapter 15, verse 18 through 24, takes faith to believe. He said, I'll get up here in this pig pen struggling to survive. Truth begins to set in and faith begins to rise up. And he says, I'll get up and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me one like one of your hired servants. That's all I want. Just let me be like one of them. I don't belong to be your son anymore. I, I don't blame you if you just if you just let me stay in the barn out there somewhere. I'll sleep on a haystack somewhere. Just, just know that, that I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Bible said he got up and went to his father. Don't you know it took courage for that man to get up and go back home and to be able to walk up that, that road must have taken a lot of courage. Maybe in his mind, I wonder, did he think if, if his dad was going to be upset, if his dad was going to judge him, if his father was going to make fun of him, if he was going to tell him, oh no, you don't belong in the choir anymore because you, you went out and made a fool out of yourself and you, you destroyed your life so you can't sing in the choir anymore, you can't sing in the praise team anymore, you, 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 you can't teach Sunday school class anymore, you, you can't serve in this position anymore because see, you got a past. Many people are gripping on to the world today because that's the way the church makes them feel. It's truth. God help us not to make folks feel that way. Because we're serving a God here in this parable Jesus told that reflection of his love goes beyond our brokenness. Now don't get me wrong, there must be repentance because this man had it. This son had it. He, he was coming home in repentance and saying, hey, I, I, I'll, just, I'll, I'll sleep in the barn. I'll just be one of your servants, hired servants. It took courage for him to go home. But when he came up the road, while he was still in the distance, his father saw him. Let me tell you what Jesus does, what the father does. When folks come up the road 
and they kneel before Jesus. The Father comes. And He don't come judging you over what you've done. He comes to say, I love you. He comes running to you. I want to tell you today that there is no hesitation of the Father's love for those who have come to a knowledge of truth and you realize you need him and through repentance and humility you come through the door of Jesus Christ and the Father is running to meet you to tell you you don't belong in the barn you don't belong in the pig pen but you belong home with me, living under my provision, living under my blessing, living under my care, living under my guidance. The son came running to him, ran and kissed him, embraced him. Father did. He, father, he said, Father, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. It took courage for him to do that. How many know sometimes it takes courage to admit you're wrong? Why? Because the noise of the enemy will allow pride to be louder than truth. It takes courage. And the son declared, I've sinned against you. I've sinned. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. I'm not sending him. I'm not sending him back to the barn. He's not going to live with the hired servants. He's coming home. That's a word for somebody today. The devil's been lying to you. But God said, if you'll come to me, I'll bring you home. I love how shut I had to say that again. He said, if you'll come to me, I'll bring you home. Bring out the fatted calf. Kill it. Let's celebrate. My son was dead and is alive again. Was lost but now is found. Father, we thank you today. If there's anybody out there that's been gripping on to the world, holding on tight, the noise of the world has been louder than the message of hope and truth. That God somehow, someway today, you've allowed them to connect with this word that has brought a revelation of your love and your truth, your mercy to their life. God realizing today that when this world is past, we're all going to stand before you. Father, this world's not going to last forever. Lord, the perils of it's not going to last forever. Lord, you made a way that in the next life we could have eternal life through your Son. And I pray today, God, that that truth will pierce the darkest places and the darkest lives. That they will understand how paramount and how important hearing this message above all else and responding to this message will change their life forever we don't have long more but God I pray that you would help us as a church and as individuals Christians that we would draw near to you every day as we look in the mirror God we would we would ask you to give us a reflection Father of our lives let us see what you see and if there's things God that have that, that have caused us to drift from you Lord, let, let us, Lord, draw near to you again. Let us draw near, Father, as a people, as individuals, and carry the greatest message of hope that this world has ever received because those that are out there that are hurting and broken the world can't fix but faith to believe and courage to come to you oh God can turn their lives around and Father we thank you for that today 
God, I pray for healing over those that are on our prayer list and prayer request. I pray right now, God, for a supernatural move of your glory and to those that will humble themselves and lift their hands before you even now in their homes or in their hospital room, Father, wherever they may be, they need a touch from you, God, that they would receive it by faith today. If they're lost, God, that they would come to know Christ as Savior, the Lord of their life, surrendering it all to you today, not waiting any longer, but saying, I've had enough. Now I'm coming home. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. We pray that God will let you be moved by his word today and blessed by the worship and, and all the